How's it going, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the League of Ireland Zone podcast. Today, we'll be going through our team of the week. We'll be talking about the manager of crisis at Dundalk and who we think will be appointed as the next Dundalk manager. We'll then go into detail about the saga at Waterford and talk about what's going to go on there, followed by giving our own predictions to what we think the games will end up like in the Premier and First Division this game week. So I'm Jamie. I'm here with Justin and today. How are you doing? I'm good. All right. So with that said, I think we should give a little overview of the games last week before we jump into our team of the week. Thank you, sure. Right. So, Dylan. Yep. First game last week. Derry uh, we'll Yeah, Derry versus Drogheda. All right. So, in the Brandywell. How did you think the game went? I thought it was actually a good game. Many chances from both teams. Uh, I didn't see any players that didn't put up good performance. Once again, James Brown unreal again for Drogheda. He got a goal. Um, also, the Derry goal. I thought Ronan Murray. Made a big for that goal. Oh, yeah. Uh, that led to, you know, Ronan Boyce hitting it in for Derry. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was a very good game. There was good performances from every player. I think Will Patchen for Derry got man of the match. Personally, I thought Fitzgerald should have got it. But I see why uh, Patchen got it in the end. Yeah, I thought Fitzgerald was very good. I thought that's two games in a row now. He was good against Rovers as well. So... You know, he should be a nail on starter for Derry now at this stage. Yeah. Two good games in a row. So, yeah. Uh, as for Drogheda, I thought they were solid. I, I maybe expected a little bit more. Yeah. But I think defensively solid. James Brown, amazing again. Um, I thought Chris Lyons, he affected the game. He came off around 88 minute. And then I thought the game sort of just died. Like, I didn't really think that anyone else was going to score after Chris Lyons came off. Yeah. So it was a pretty even game. And I think both teams will take one on, especially Derry after, you know, not having a point in the board up to now. That's fair enough. All right. So the other game on Friday. Uh, Bowes and Waterford. Yeah, in the RC. So what do you think about that game? Uh, it wasn't the best of games, to be honest. Should have ended more than 1 0 in the end. The Bulls, I thought they had a good few chances. Uh, Waterford had chances as well, but Talbot uh, really performed well, kept them out. He made two very crucial saves that, you know, you wouldn't expect most keepers to be saving, but he did. Uh, I thought the new fella from Waterford, Isaac Shimhamba, or however you <laughs> pronounce it, yeah. I thought he played well. Yeah, unfortunately, he went off with an injury. There was also... Uh, Waterford were also missing Ryan Murphy. Just don't know what yeah. happened with that, to be honest. And, and then, uh, um, they're missing a few players through injury. Um, Oscar Brennan, facial injury. And we'll get on to that later. What we think. Yeah. And um, then we have. Then on Bowles, I thought there was just good performances from most of the side. As I said, Talbot, good performance in goals. The back line was solid. Midfield, once again, good. And then up front, it was lacking a bit of creativity, I thought. But, you know, they got the win in the end. But, to be honest, for that goal that Bowles got, I didn't think it was a free kick. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. It, it was very, that. very soft. And then yeah. we've seen how it was in the end. 
Other than that, I just yeah. thought it was, it was just an average game. I thought uh, John Martin uh, did well in goal, you know, coming in for Brian Murphy. I think a few people saw that team sheet and were like, what yeah, the hell's going on Yeah, before that free kick, you know, he should have done better. He just tapped it straight to him. Uh, I thought the defence could have maybe got there first, though. Like, you know, it's not to the keeper yeah. to, to catch that. It's a hard one. And then, obviously, for Bowes, I thought, Finnerty especially, I thought, you know, obviously he made a big mistake against Finn Harps opening game of the season. And I think since then, he's been pretty solid. So, for such a young player, it's pretty good for him to be able to to turn his season around so early. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, Cornwall and Finnerty could be the the two centre-backs that Keelan will go with throughout the season, which, you know, is pretty solid. All right, so, on to the Saturday games. I'll go to my team playing away in Oil Park. Did you watch the game, Dylan? I did. I got glimpses of the game. Yeah, doing three at once, is it, Dylan? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I went back and watched Dundalk after the game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't see the Shamrock Rovers game, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, Dundalk Pats. I thought first half, not too many chances. Dundalk maybe allowed Pats to have the ball in the midfield a bit more. Yeah. I thought Pats passed it around well, but they just couldn't find the final pass. But saying that, there was a chance about fifteen minutes in, where. Um, I think it was Cleary who made a mistake and then uh, I think it was Matty Smith turned back around and squared it back to Benson yeah. and if Benson hit the target there that was 1-0 pass exactly blazed it over so that's a few times now Benson's missed the target from Sitters but also he's like been Benson hitting was... the target from Sitters <laughs> I think Benson could have 3 or 4 goals this year so far like he played very well in all of his games and he's constantly getting into positions to uh, score. yeah he's a, he's a very good player yeah, he's been classic. Only signed for as well last season. Obviously, first goal came after half time. It was a good corner actually again from Benson. Yeah, good delivery. Sam Bone scored a header at the front post. Great header. And then as the game went on, I think the dogs sort of piled under pressure. They had nothing to lose. Filippo was obviously gone now, which we'll get into later. But like, I think they just they all knew that they had nothing to lose, so they went for the game. Yeah. And brought on Junior. Junior, I thought he played well when he came on especially when he got the goal. Yeah. Obviously a great scrappy goal, you know, you need your attackers to get that from time to time. Exactly. And then, uh, towards the end of the game, the Doc were unlucky to not score again, to be honest. Paddy Barrett made an yeah. amazing... What was uh, it, two clearances off the line? <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So, I think maybe, they were a bit stuck for goalkeepers for team of the week, so maybe, uh, I should have put Paddy Barrett in goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, alright, that's that game now. Now we'll go on to uh, last season's league winners, Shamrock Rovers, playing newly promoted as Longford. I said, I didn't see this game, but I'm probably going to watch it after this. Yeah, uh, I saw it. So, I said my prediction, uh, 1-0 Rovers, and I thought that Longford would put up a yeah. fight. I think I was pretty accurate. I thought Longford played very well. I, I said 3-1, just one goal less. Yeah. Um, so, the game started, let me just think about this now. So, the game started, and I think... It was Dobbs was in on goal and Pico pulled him back. And Pico's position was very poor, to be honest. I probably expected a bit better from him, to be honest. But Dobbs, you know, he caused problems for Pico in the first half. And that penalty then, uh, Dylan Grimes took the penalty. Great penalty. Easy 1-0. So, game went on. I thought Longford were pretty solid, you know. 
I thought, although maybe they didn't have a lot of the ball, they were defending well, a very compact team without the ball with Longford there. So I thought they made it hard for Rovers. Um, there was a time just after half time uh, where Chris McCann took a long shot. It's amazing. He's tried a few long shots this yeah, year now. Yeah. But, but like this one was very close. It was a great save from Lee Stacey. Then um, they got their first goal, Rovers did. Uh, it was Roberto Lopez. Obviously, he gave away a penalty at one side. But then it was from a, a short corner. He went to get the ball short and he was pushed in the back. So, earned a penalty for Rovers, which Burke put away. Then the last minute, uh, Rovers had a free kick. Uh, I think they whipped it into the box. It was blocked, back to the edge of the box. And Sean Gannon just hit a beautiful shot. It went bottom left. Beautiful goal. And then uh, that obviously saved the deal. 2-1 Rovers. I, did, I actually didn't see right. the Gannon goal, but I seen the penalty. Both penalties. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of penalties. A lot of defenders scored yeah. this week. Uh, all right. So now, your team in the showgrounds, in the Northwest Derby. I'll leave this one to you. What do you think of the game? Uh, first half, I mean, it wasn't great. There was chances from both sides, you know. Uh, most... The most memorable chance was Gary Buckley hitting a long ball over the top to Romeo Parks. Took a brilliant touch, brought it down, tried to lob McGinley, but somehow McGinley got a touch on it, put it over. Uh, I thought Sly Rovers were very sloppy in the first half. You know, corners were very, very bad. They weren't getting the ball into the box at all. Thought at one point they tried, uh, tried a short corner, ended up, ended up giving a free kick first. I thought it was offside or something like that. Or they fouled, I don't know. I, I didn't really, I was confused. Uh, there wasn't really many that many chances in the first half either uh, from either side but then the second half obviously Johnny Kenny came on for Sligo Rovers thought he played very well the whole second half he was causing problems um, he forced the ball back to McGinley and then tracked the ball down won the ball off McGinley and then put it away it's like, I think that side down there is cursed that side of the pitch First, there was the offside goal against, well, offside goal against Dundalk. Then there was a. a McGinty also made a mistake down that side as well against Dundalk. Manis and then McGinley. Yeah. So, you know, something needs to be done with that that side of the pitch. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's good, it's good tracking down from Kenny. He deserved the goal. First senior goal as well. Happy for him. Um. Then after that goal, I thought we just dominated the rest of the game. We had so many chances. Figueira had a had a chance saved by uh, McGinley. He could have put it a bit more in towards the corner, and that was in. But you know, it was a good save from McGinley. And then, literally about twenty seconds after that, McCourt was back in. Another good save by McGinley. Uh, then just after that, there was like a few more chances. Figueira, another chance. McGinley saved that. Other than. Uh, the mistake, I thought McGinley played very well from an Arabs, kept us out well. Uh, there was also a chance later on in the game. Um, the ball got played down the left from a counter-attack to Finn Harps. Some, I can't remember who it was, but someone swung the ball into the box. Boyd free at the back post. He thought he was scoring, but Robbie McCourt came in, took him out of it, won the ball, and that technically won us the game. So I was happy with that. Yeah. See, with um, McGinley in regards to yeah. the goal, I think everyone knows he's such a good he keeper, but like his strong point definitely isn't distribution. Yeah. Like he's 
he's a real old fashioned shot stopper yeah. that, you know, isn't good with his feet. But I think, like you said, I, he did play a bad game, even though he was at four for the goal. Apart from that, I thought yeah. he was amazing. Like, I thought Sligo very well could have scored two or three in the second half if it wasn't for him. All right. So that's all the games done there from last week. Obviously, the first division games. Is that ready to do now? We um, don't have uh, LOI TV. So it's time to review them. Yeah. So we'll go right into our team of the week in that case. Yeah. So I'll start off with you, Dylan, goalkeeper. Who's your goalkeeper? I mentioned him when I was talking about the Waterford and Bowes game, and I went with James Talbot from Bowes. It was a very good game. There wasn't really uh, any keepers to look better than him this week. That in the games I've watched, of course, probably Manus could have been better than him. Um, but yeah, I thought Manus played. Uh, Talbot played well. Made two very important saves to keep to keep Bowes in the lead, and in the end they won the game thanks to him. Yeah, I've gone with Manus actually. I thought <laughs> you know he he conceded the penalty wasn't his fault, but I thought apart from that, especially when uh, it was one all in the game, Longford were putting on a good bit of pressure. I think he had to make two saves. There was one, it sort of came off and it was chipped in yeah. from behind, and I think it might have been. Dobbs or someone like that uh, took a shot and it hit the crossbar. I think Manus might have got a touch into that. So I thought overall Manus was pretty solid, you know, didn't make any mistakes apart from obviously the penalty, which you can't expect a keeper yeah. to save. Um, so overall, I thought, you know, he's recovered very well from his mistake against Ligo. He's been solid ever since. So, yeah, he's Manus is in my game. game. <laughs> and he's very actually, solid. No, he didn't actually. He played against. Um, there yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right. Uh, All right. We'll go to the left, left back, back then. I've gone with Robbie McCourt. Was not, I'm not trying to be, even be biased either. I just thought he played unreal. He was up and down the pitch the whole game. He he even had a few shots himself. He was unlucky not to score with one of them, as I said, in, uh, with McGinley saving it. And then also uh, at the end of the game, stopped Boyd from equalising, which is really, really impressive. And uh, I just thought he played an all-round great game. That's why I put him in my left-back position. Yeah, I thought he was very good. I have him in there as well. I thought, you know, he's really come out of his he shell has. this season. Like He's been very good. Very impressed with him so far. All right, so two centre-backs. Do you want to give me one or two? Uh, I'll give you both of mine. I've gone with uh, Sam Bone right. and I've gone with Buckley. Side Rovers. Nice one. I've gone with Sam Bowen as well but I went with uh, Rob Cuomo instead alright so what's, go uh, ahead. what's Bowen, your reasoning behind your two centre-backs obviously uh, Bowen's an unreal defender isn't he really really good he can play anywhere across the back four and I thought he played exceptionally well against Dundalk again this weekend uh, he got his goal and uh, he he was unlucky not to keep the clean sheet with that uh, goal at the end how long was it? Five minutes left for the junior goal. It was close enough to a yeah, clean sheet. Like yeah. Um, but other than that, I thought he played very well. He was very solid at the back. And uh, then with Buckley, uh, very very solid again. Martin, I mean, like that. That's this hard to beat that defense this season so far. Uh, very happy with the way they're playing. Uh, but Buckley, I thought he played very well again against Van Harps. Obviously, you know, he, he just moved the ball quickly. He was cleaning up everything. Uh, he kept a clean sheet. 
you know, he made some good clearances and also he nearly got an assist, but Romeo Park's shot was saved. That's why them two have been putting mice in their backs. Yeah, so I went with Bone as well. I thought Bone, you know, like I said last week about Martin, one of the players, he got injured last season and people forgot yeah. how good he was. So, you know, ever since he's been back, he's been solid. He's played two games, split his game time with Paddy Barry usually, and they've both been very good. But I think Bone as well, from an attacking sense, obviously he has an aerial threat. He also played some good diagonal passes. Like, he's very accurate on the yeah. ball as well. Definitely a good signer. And then um, as for Rob Cornwall, I think, you know, obviously he got the goal. That isn't the main reason why he's in my team, though. I thought defensively, like I said before, him and Finnerty were top class. Great pairing. And I think a lot of people maybe this year, after Dan Casey's after leaving, they might have said, oh, Bowser are a bit yeah. struggling at the back now. You know, without Casey, who was probably perceived as the better centre-back of the two last year. But I think Cornwall's definitely stepped, stepped up this season, you know. He's played with Finnerty and also Kieran Kelly in one of the games. I think he's been solid in both of them. And obviously, they're both two younger centre-backs. So, he's been very good in marshalling them. And he's a real leader in that both team now at this stage. So, yeah. Cornwall's in my team there now. Now, to right back. I think you're probably right going with the same. And I mentioned him when we were talking about the games. Mm-hmm. James Brown. It's unreal again. Yep. Uh, he's, he's the best full-back in the league, in my opinion. I know it's only been, what, five games in. But he's really, really shown what he can do. He got a, he got his goal really, uh, kind of unlucky goal from a dirty point of view, but lucky goal for uh, Jota. Uh, the ball was sent in. Someone missed it. I think I can't remember who it was, but someone hit it. Keeper made a good save. Just bounced back to Brown. He slotted into the bottom corner. Uh, played very well down that right side. He was getting up and down the pitch, moving the ball well, getting his cross into a box, and uh, just thought he had an unreal game again. That's why he's my right back. Yeah, he's so good. Attacking, he really makes some good overlaps as well. Whoever's playing on the right side with him, if it's, you know, Brandon Birmingham or if it's Mark Doyle, you know, they always know that um, James Brown's on the overlap, which is, you know, such a a good thing to know if you're a winger, you know. You can turn back and you know for a fact yeah. that James Brown is bursting up that wing to give his support. So, yeah, I think he's class. All right, so... Um, deepest centre mid of the three I'm going to go with Morahan for Sligo who do you think is the deepest midfielder uh, of the three in your team I suppose I could say I haven't really went with that deep of midfielders but uh, I'm going to throw yeah. um, Patchen from Derry into the mix there I thought he played very well he didn't put a foot wrong in midfield really really impressive performance he got man in a match as well in that game um, I thought he played very well linked up well with uh, his teammates. I thought him and Fitzgerald worked well together. Uh, that's why he's one of my midfielders. Yeah, I've went obviously more and I thought he got his foot in the ball very well. I thought he had the ability that not many players have. You know, when he's on the ball, he can dictate how the game is played. Like, if he wants to speed the game up, I think he's the key player in that Sligo team. Maybe him and Bulger. They're both very good at speeding the game up when they want to speed it up and slowing it down yeah. when they want to slow it down. I thought, you know, obviously when you went one nil up and you were holding out maybe a bit at the end, I thought you both, the both of them were very, very good and just slowing the game down. So that's why he's in my team now. Second centre mate. I've went with Stanton from Dundalk. I, he just, he was really, really good. Nice. Uh, he didn't put a, once again, he didn't put a foot wrong either. 
Uh, very, very impressive. Um, you know, it was hard to break him down in midfield. He's really, really big influence on uh, why Dundalk got that 1-1 draw. Um, and for that, yeah, he's in my midfield. Yeah, I've went with um, a player that was so close to getting my team last week. I've gone with uh, Ali Cute. I thought, you know, throughout the game, he was just spraying passes. I thought him and uh, Ross Tierney, not Conor Livingston, were very good at linking the play together. I thought, you know, he, once again, a bit like Moran, he sort of dictated the game, you know, in the central position. He sort of drifted out wide a little bit. But yeah, I thought overall, you know, attacking, he was very good on the ball. Defensively, um, I can't remember him making any huge tackles, but I don't think he needed to. So I thought he was solid throughout the game. All right, so now your most attacking midfielder. For me, there's only yeah, you one go, name in this game. Yeah, same. Yeah, I went with Graham Burke. So, like, for me, I was taken into account the game yeah, against that's, Derry that's what as, I well, went as well. Because obviously, yeah, because the team is weak. So, um, obviously, he scored a penalty against Longford, but back to Derry, that amazing long shot. Oh, my God. That's a once-in-a-year once shot there, and yeah. he's never getting that again. But, um, yeah, it was brilliant, to be fair. Very good shot. I thought, overall, he was levels above everyone else, not just in, obviously, his shooting. Just the little touches to take the ball away from defenders. He was just very good. He reminded me of Jack yeah. Byrne a lot last season, actually. Because the way he wasn't always so far up the pitch, he was often dropping a little bit deeper, getting the ball and making things happen for Rovers. Then obviously in Longford game, I thought, got the penalty, scored the penalty. In the game as a whole, I thought he was solid. He, I can't really remember him doing anything amazing, but once again, he was just a, a consistent performer, which is something that he needs because maybe last season, one of his criticisms wasn't was the fact that he wasn't uh, yeah. consistent enough. All right. Anything to add on the yeah, out-Rainberg really. performance? I thought he, you really covered it up well with the Derry performance. And, of course, I didn't see the Sherman Covers game against Longford. But, yeah, for that goal, I yeah. mean, that goal on uh, Tuesday deserves it itself, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, the front three. I'm not sure about you, but I found the front three pretty hard to pick this week. I struggled a right wing and a striker. A lot. (laughs) I thought a lot of defenders and midfielders did very well, but, you know, coming to the attack, I didn't think any of them were particularly amazing. But anyway, I'll let you go first. So, let's go with right mid first. Matty Smith. Uh, Same paths. Thought he played very well out on that right side. He was linking up well. Uh, He didn't put a foot wrong. He He was very... Getting into very, like... Dangerous attacking positions a lot, causing trouble down that right hand side. Um, you know, Matthew Smith. I seen him again. Seen him for Waterford last season. He's doing the exact same again this season. You know, he's really, really getting into the game. He's not giving up hope at all. And I'm just impressed with him so far. And that's why he's in my team of the week this week. Yeah, I actually think that he might have played a bit of a striker role. I think him and Coughlin kept yeah. him changing a lot throughout the game. I think, you know, you could definitely yeah. make a case that he played right mid as well, but I think they were both very good at intertwining, you know, causing problems for the defenders because one minute, you know, Cleary's marking Cochran yeah. and the next he's marking Smith and they're obviously two completely different players. Cochran will come short and get the ball and make things happen, whereas Matty Smith will run behind and, you know, 
make it hard for defenders to catch up with them. So, yeah, anyway, that's my opinion on it. But for my right mid, I've went with um, Dylan Grimes. Lost. Bit of a weird one because, you know, obviously they lost. But I'm actually a big admirer of he him. Is. I think he's a very, very good player. One that, I'll be honest, I didn't really know too much about him last year in the first division. But ever since yeah. he's came up, he's really raised his game. So, happy with him. I thought, although he can often play on the right, he's yeah. one of the players that sort of cuts in and, you know, can often be found in the centre. So, you know, so often now at this stage, you have a lot of teams that play with like a fluid attack. So, you don't have like out-and-out wingers or out-and-out strikers. It's like, like Rovers last year are a great example. Like, it's very hard to name where um, Graham Burke played last year. Yeah. Or where Graham Burke even played yesterday. It's a hard one to to know because they're so fluid. So, I think Dylan Grimes definitely in my team. All right. So, left mid. Uh, I went for uh, Walter Figuera. Uh, he didn't score. But I thought, other than that, he was really getting in. Causing problems down that left-hand side. Uh, he got man in a match as well, I believe. Um, you know, uh, what what was it? He had a good few chances, and there's one chance where he could have easily just slotted in the bottom corner, but he pe- went too much central, and uh, right at the McGinley. Then there's another chance. You know, he took a shot from too far out, didn't put get any height on it at all. It just went went right into McGinley's hand. But other than that, uh, Getting down the left-hand side, very, very dangerous. He loves an outscale move, flick flaps the whole lot, nutmeg, step-overs. I lost count of how many how many uh, skill moves he was doing. He was even making up skill moves himself that I've never seen before. Uh, but, you know, there was only one downside to his game. That was his crossing from corners, etc. Uh, but other than that, I thought he played very, very well, and that's why he's in my team of the week. Nice. I went with... Um... William Fitzgerald at Derry. I thought once again, you know, like I, what I briefly said when I was reviewing the games, I think, you know, last two games, he's really made it hard for yeah. Declan Devine not to pick up. You know, ever since he came on against Rovers, he really changed the game. Although Derry didn't score, I thought, you know, ever since he came on, he was making things happen for Derry, making it hard for Rovers to play out at the back. So I think, you know, overall, he has the quality and now the consistency over the last two or three games to show yeah. that he deserves to be in this day team. So I went with him now. You can go with your striker right, now, first. Striker, this is a hard one for me. I was stuck in two minds. I was stuck in two minds, maybe three minds actually, between Kenny of Sligo, uh, Georgie Kelly of Bowes, and Aaron Green of Rovers. And I went with Aaron Green, just because I think overall it didn't score, of course. Obviously Kenny did. But I thought, you know... Aaron Green's one of the players that you yeah. need to focus on him for 10 minutes rather than the ball to actually understand how good he is because it's him that always makes the runs that sort of yeah. draw defenders away from the ball. Like, he takes defenders out of the game without even having the ball, which is a great skill, which obviously creates a lot more space for the likes of Mandry, Watts and Burke. So, you know, people obviously criticise him saying he doesn't score enough goals and, you know, he misses a lot of tap-ins, but sure, like, I think overall, the odd time when they have played Gaffney instead of Green, it's been clear that he doesn't yeah, yeah. function the same as Aaron Green. He doesn't make the same runs. So, yeah, I uh, went with Aaron Green. What it's kind of hard to choose a striker position this week. Well, I went with the only striker that's actually uh, scored this week, and that was Johnny Kenny. 
I know he only played a half, and but other than that, you know, he got his goal. He done well to get his goal, tracked down the goalkeeper, won it off the goalkeeper. But other than that, he had a good few chances. There was a chance where uh, Gibson won the ball at the centre of the park, dribbled through a good three, four defenders, laid it off to uh, Kenny, who was unlucky not to score. But I think he might have tried to pull it back to Parks, but it went just behind Parks. Uh, he was causing problems. He was winning every ball that came to him. Barely lost it. His passing was very good as well. Uh, yeah, that's why he's been my striker this week. Beautiful. So that's the team of the week done. We just got over here. Uh, first 11 now for the team of the week. Right back Brown, centre back Bone, other centre back Buckley, left back McCourt, three centre mids Patching Stanton and Burke, left wing Figuera, right wing Smith, striker Kenny. Perfect. So mine then is Manus, McCourt, Cornwall, Bone, Brown, Cute, Burke, Morhen, Dylan Grimes, William Fitzgerald, and Aaron Green. So, with that said, now we'll go on to one of the biggest yeah. talking points over this weekend. Now, what is happening at the dock? You know, it looks to me and a lot of people that Filippo's gone, Keegan's uh, gone, actually, the Rossi's gone. The Rossi could be staying. It's being something today that he could be staying. Yeah, that's a weird one. Okay, that's interesting. So, with that said, now, who do you think will be taking uh, over? I don't know. There's, there's not many names that I know that are actually free at the moment. But the one that I've heard is our former manager, Jared Little, which is a surprise since I think he's only got a job recently. But, I mean, if if he gets it, it's not going to be much of a difference. He wasn't great at Sligo, and I don't think he'd be any any good at Dundalk either. But I mean, that could change, depending on uh, seeing that he will be at Dundalk. But probably, more than likely, better players than he had at Sligo. Where did he end? Um, uh, with Sligo? Eight, eight, I think. Yeah. So, obviously, not a great season. Obviously, yeah. Sligo probably wasn't their best that year. They had an Asian squad, but I think... You have to be doing better than eight with Sligo. I think, to be honest, to say how I really feel, I think Peak Six are looking for a puppet who's not going to have any problems, not going to kick up a fuss, and will just be happy to there was also do what another they say, to be honest. Around. I can't remember it was. Maybe. It was uh, Linfield's manager when they bet them in the United Nations Cup, is it? They bet them 6 0. It was a manager at the time. can't remember uh, his yeah. name, though. He's also someone that could be coming in to the question. Obviously, Pat Fennell's there now. Uh, so is it not, not Pat sure. Fennell? No? I'm not sure. Uh, it's David Healy. That's who it is. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's a good manager as well. I don't really know too much about him. I think he stays up north really. He hasn't bunch, come down here. Which could be very, you know, not the greatest. <laughs> Obviously, you've got John McGilton now, who, you yeah. know, has worked with Northern Irish football. Uh, as I think he's the head of the academy. So... Maybe they'll sort of want to have a bit of chemistry between the head of the academy and the the first team manager because you know Dundalk have clearly made it known that they want to have yeah. more academy prospects in the first team. So obviously they haven't really produced too much recently. So that's one of their goals. That's one of Peak Six's main uh, goals that they want to reach in the next few years. So I wouldn't be too surprised if he comes in in that case. 
All right, so from one crisis to another, all right, we're gonna go into the the horror show that is Waterford FC. What's your opinions on what's going on at Waterford? Because I think it's crazy. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm just doing something there. Hello? Um, yeah. yeah, the Waterford. I was just confused over the weekend about that. I looked at the lineup and noticed Murphy wasn't there and Brennan wasn't there. I was shocked. And then I started seeing things that supposedly Mike Newell rang Brian Murphy and told him that he's not wanted at the club or something like that. And then uh, that that was it. Brian Murphy was leaving the club. But then Brian Murphy came out with a statement saying that he's not leaving. He just had uh, discussions with management and he just wasn't chosen for the game. But then for... Um, Brennan, there was talks going around that there was a bust up in training, but then that all got cleared up saying it was just a head injury with another player and he came out on the worst side of it. But you know, that just could be hiding things up. But other than that, I just think you know, everything's sorted and there's no risky business going on. Ah, uh, for me, I think but there's always some risky going on at Waterford. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I think just overall, every yeah. single week, like I said, there seems to be something new. Like, I think it's a joke how fans are really still putting up yeah. with Lee Power. I know they've protested so many times, so maybe it's not the fans. It's a lot more on Lee Power. Like, obviously, there was talk yeah. of him selling up, I think, at the end of last year. Obviously, you know, there was another big discussion to do with the players not getting paid. So, I think Lee Power is a joke to the club. He's a disgrace to the fans, disgrace to every single player that's ever played for Waterford. I think, how can you not have the decency to pay your players yeah. at also, Waterford when you're uh, paying your players at Swindon? John like obviously we on Swindon as well. So he could also be a name I'm putting in for the Dundalk. Yeah. Job. Maybe. I yeah. don't think that would work yeah. too well because remember the. But you the bust up that he had with Vinnie Perth. not Dundalk, so. We will. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see anyway. And he, sure. al- he also got out about the league, though. That's another thing. But we all know Dundalk, maybe you wouldn't care too much about the league. All right, so. With that said, now, that's our two main talking points. We'll go on to next yep. week's fixtures, which are well, actually midweek fixtures. Well, all, midweek. all the games are on Tuesday. Right, yeah, first. no first division. Um, they're all on Tuesday, yeah, so I think they're all at the same time as well. So it'll be interesting to see. So with that said, we'll go to the first game in Daly Mount Park between Bowles and your team Sligo. Uh, I did see the game going. Two sides, you know. Bowles in decent form. What is it? Five points are on now. Uh, win against. Yep, five points. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, seven points. Win against Waterford. Win against Dundalk. Draw oh, yeah, against. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm a bit short. Sure Whether or not. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> think. Um, I think it'd be a good game. It's a daily match. Uh, so it'll be a bit more difficult for Sligo. But I do see Sligo keeping their unbeaten run. And I do see them getting another win, and that's why I'm going
nice. I agree with what most you said, but I think the result will be slightly different. I'm going to go with a, a one-all. Uh, I think Bowes looks solid defensively. I can't see Sligo scoring too much. But then again, yeah. Sligo obviously have got a lot of power up top. We, you know, Parks, Figuera, uh, Gibson, the Vries. They have a lot of options up there. Kenny, yeah, well. Um, but then on the flip side, I think I can also see Bowes scoring against Sligo. I think Liam Burt, yeah, he, I have a feeling he'll have a good game. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have said that he's a very, very good player and he's getting back up to match fitness because apparently he hasn't played a game yeah. in like seven or eight months before the start of the season. So it was obviously going to take him a while to get back up to 100%. And yeah, same. yeah, I agree. He was actually close enough to get in my team of the week. So I have a feeling he'll be a big player for Bowles and it will be a one-all draw. All right. So now to two teams that have yep. definitely underperformed so far. So, off to the Brandywell. Derry versus Dundalk. How do you see the game uh, going? To be honest, I don't see it being a good game. Uh, you know, there could, there will be chances both sides, but I don't see any goals in this game. And I think I'm going to say a nil-nil draw up in the Brandywell. But only for one reason. Because, you know, Derry haven't been the greatest this season. They don't have that much creativity up top. And then all... Oh, also, you know, uh, with the all situation with Dundalk, they ought to be a bit distracted by that. Happened last season against us, they lost 3-1. And I just don't see a good game for this, and I'm going to go in a little draw. Yeah, I've gone with a, a one-all game I hear now again. Two one-all draws so far. So I think Derry, I can see Fitzgerald obviously having a big part in the game. Yeah. I can see maybe Parkhouse scoring a goal, which is vital for Derry. They need to get Parkhouse scoring Parkhouse if they want to move very, up this league. Parkhouse, you know, such a key player for them. Very off this season. There's something doesn't look up for it. It's been Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he has the right service though either. Like think of him when he played yeah. last time at Derry, he had two quality wide men. Obviously Junior was having an amazing season that year as well. So I think it's very different to now playing with yeah. You know, the likes of Patching, Malone, Thompson in midfield. It's very, very centralised. It's just, not very wide. No, it's, so, it's just a bit strange. Like. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely ah. a few things going on behind the scenes, I'd say. All right. So, with that said, if you were to guess right now, who would be in the Dundalk dugout in this game um, as the manager? Who do you think it would be? Probably some random guy that they've picked up from behind the from like the background stuff because I don't see them getting anybody in yet and if they're looking well I mean if they're looking for anybody it has to be in the country or else they're going to have to quarantine and when they come over that'd be even worse but if I had to say somebody yeah, it's probably Jared Little tell me if um, they appoint uh, someone from Northern Ireland do they have to quarantine from Northern Ireland yeah oh yeah they don't so that obviously leaves the option open for the yeah, the managers up north. So we'll see anyway. Another one that's not not, not being said at all, which I'm very glad about. Stephen O'Donnell. No. Obviously, he has ties to the dock. I can't see it happening in person. No He's on a contract at the end of the season. But I think that shows... Yeah, I agree. No way. But I think it shows, you know, yeah. 
that Pat's obviously having down on a decent contract that some dog are not willing to pay. So for me, if I was to guess, yeah, I'd probably say someone in the backroom team. But if it's someone outside the dock, I think it'd have to agree and say it would be Jared Little. Alright. So now the third game, Drahada versus Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. In United Park or heading to game park this it is now actually. It's probably see this game uh, the game that most people will be looking out for. Drahada on a good, very, very impressive start coming up this season. Been impressed with them. Uh, I think Unfortunately, they're not going to keep their run going. Um, with Shams, I think they're going to. They've been very well, very a very good team this season. Obviously, they're top of the table on goal difference. Um, they haven't lost either. So, losing players like McInniff and Byrne for Shams being big, but they've got over it, and I think they're going to win two 0 and then struck it away. I agree with you. I've also said 2-0 Rovers. I think, you know, it's taken them a while to maybe get used to life without Jack Byrne. But yeah. the more games that are being played, the better the Rovers look. I think there's a case to be said that Longford yeah. played well and maybe it isn't that Rovers didn't play well, if that makes sense. I, I thought uh, Longford definitely looked their game in the last week's game. But I think it would be 2-0, but I think it would be a comfortable enough 2-0. I can't see had a really scoring but then again I think Pico Lopez has been sort of off the mark so far this season which is a bit uncharacteristic but I can see it being a 2-0 Rovers win I think Sean Hoare will probably play because he didn't play against Longford and obviously it's a busy schedule at the moment so I can definitely see him playing no just, what, right. just two more games so now the final game oh sorry two more yeah my god Longford versus Finn Harps in the City Calling Stadium. I'm not to forget my own team, Pats. <laughs> All right, this so game. how do you see this game going? Uh, I'm going to say a 2 1 win to Finn Harps. It won't be easy. Longford, even when, even when Longford are losing, they really show good character and they don't give up until the final whistle goes. But I do see Finn Harps coming out and talking this game and winning 2 1. I see a bit of a freak result here. I'm saying uh, Interesting. a 1-0 Longford win at home. I think in the middle of the park, I think A. Durvin, uh will be pretty solid. I think he'll run, this, run the game again. I think Aaron Bulger should be pretty good in this game. I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see how Finn Harps play against the side that maybe they should beat. Because, you know, usually also, when they're playing... Finn the team is the higher budgets. You know, they're known for sitting back and getting... Run. They lose one game and then they're gone. They just start losing games. Which is, you know, I can see where you're coming from with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely an interesting game. I think it would be interesting. I think if Finn Harps win this game, it would be a big statement. Even though they're expected to win, I think that's part of the, the whole statement. I think if they win against the teams they're expected to win and dominate the game, that would be amazing. Like, let's be real. We've never seen Finn Harps. Yeah. Probably have the majority of possession in a long time, so it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. I just think the Longford yeah. midfield is a lot better than it's given credit for. So I can see them sort of dominating this game. You know, uh, one nil. I think he's back. Yeah. 
yeah, so it'll be interesting to see anyway if he's playing anyway. Don't think he plays. All right. Now off to Ri- Yeah. Off to Richmond Park. Uh Pats against Waterford, obviously. Waterford fans maybe right. they have a bit of a rivalry with Pats now at this day. On this after I'm using the same he played centre back. <laughs> which is definitely definitely wrong. Uh, just gonna make sure with this <laughs> now. I don't want to move on without knowing. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I seen him on the pitch, but I think he might have went off. Yeah, he did. He went off. Yeah, was well, I just confused there? I I could have swore I saw him. All right. So. <laughs> I let you kick this off. All right. So now last game, Pats versus Waterford. <laughs> All right. I think. Without being biased, I think Pats would be pretty comfortable in this game. I think so many problems off the field of Waterford, but they I might pull out America, you know. I wouldn't put a pass them. But I just think <laughs> I just think when you're looking at the game, you know, objectively, yeah. there's only one winner, especially the fact that Pats are at home. I think Pats they just have too much to offer, especially in the midfield. However, a case for Waterford would be Pats probably have a thin enough squad and with them playing uh, on Saturday and now again playing next Friday against Finn Harps, maybe they might rest a few players in the midfield because you can't expect yeah. Lennon, Benson and Forrester to play every single game. So there's a chance maybe that Alvy Lewis, Keane Corbally or like maybe some, someone like Ben McCormick sort of comes into the centre, which in that case, I could see it being a lot more even. However... I still think Pats might just have a bit too much. I've also went with the same scoreline and went 3-1 Pats. That's two games we went the same way this week. Um, Obviously, you know everything that's going on with Waterford. If if Murphy starts for Waterford, I don't see it being 3-1. But if it's the same keeper as the game against Bowes, I I can see it being 3-1. Also, missing Oscar Brennan, Shimpamba, and Murphy... With uh, Darren Murphy, sorry, with will uh, be a big impact on this game. Um, but for Pats, as you said, if they don't play the same midfield three, I could uh, see it being way more even. Yeah, I think I like the look of Jamie Waiter. I think he's a decent player. I can see him scoring, and yeah, I also like the look of uh, Jamie Maskell. Yeah, Bolton. I, or Wickham, Wickham. Is he on loan from Bolton? Wickham or Bolton? Yeah, he definitely seems to be. Yeah. yeah, Wickham. Yeah, one of the two anyway. He seems to be a decent player. So, I think yeah. overall though, this batch of water for players isn't as good as last year. They might unearth a few gems again, but I can't see them clicking this early. You know, such a new squad and a bit of controversy. Not the best mix for yeah. um, a Waterford win, in my opinion. So, with that said, now we've predicted all There's the other games now for the midweek games. We're Obviously, first division is now and not onto the weekend yet. Same with the next tie. Yeah, um, we'll have another one up. I so, with that said, anything else you want to add, Dylan, or is that Pico it? Lopez been nominated for a community team this season, FIFA 21, which is also a big achievement for him. Yeah. And also gives good exposure for the league. So, if anybody hasn't done their uh, vote yet, just try and include him. Try and get a bit of exposure for the league and uh, an achievement for himself. 
yeah, as well as that, we'll probably stick up a question section yeah. on Instagram so you guys can submit any questions and we'll answer them in the next podcast. So with that all said, I think that's it. Thanks, Thanks lads. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.